tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Today is Saturday, February 17th. How have today's politics and technology changed the dating landscape and even already established relationships? In honor of Valentine's Day earlier this week, we are talking all about the challenges, myths, and trends of modern love. Renowned dating coach Demona Hoffman has been coaching singles for nearly two decades. She's regularly featured on The Drew Barrymore Show and also hosts her own podcast, Dates and Mates. Her new book is called F the Fairy Tale, Rewrite the Dating Myths and Rewrite Your Love Story. Today, she's sharing things like the role of politics in dating and relationships, especially in an election year, how AI is being used in a helpful way to spice up online dating profiles, but also when tech becomes problematic, and her best advice for finding the right partner or reigniting the flame with the one you already have. Why Demona says we wield a lot more control than we think. Welcome, welcome to the Newsworthy Special Edition Saturday, when we sit down with a different expert or celebrity every Saturday to talk about something in the news. Don't forget to tune in every Monday through Friday for our regular episodes, where we provide all the day's news in 10 minutes. I'm Erica Mandy. It's now time for today's Special Edition Saturday. Demona Hoffman, thank you for joining us once again here on the Newsworthy. Glad to be back, Erica. So let's first talk about what is dating like in 2024. I want to hear about new trends. But actually, my first question that I'm curious about is how politics impacts dating, especially because it's an election year. Oh, yeah. (laughs) This is going to be a big one. And having been a dating coach for over 17 years, I've seen politics go from honestly, the number fifth or sixth thing on somebody's list, having aligned politics to now number one. People will not even go out with you if you are sitting politically across the aisle. And it's interesting tracking what's happening with politics and dating against what happened four years ago. In the 2020 election, we saw not being registered to vote, not being an active voter. That emerged as a major deal breaker. But now singles are telling dating apps that they want to find someone who not only votes, but also shares their political views. What's your take on that being such a top priority? Are people, you know, doing that too much where it's really limiting their options and they're not willing to kind of agree to disagree? It is really tricky to get a cross-political relationship to work out. That said, I think we are all looking for shortcuts. We're looking for a proxy for an entire belief system and we think, oh, this person votes the same way I do, then that automatically tells me that they believe everything that I believe. But I think you and I both know that's not necessarily true. So some values may align, but don't put too much emphasis on it to kind of solve all the problems. Yeah. And we're also seeing among Gen Z singles that they actually like debating politics on a first date. To me, you know, I I learned that that was an off the table topic for a first date as you're start starting to get to know someone. But I do like seeing that younger voters are more engaged with the issues and they're bringing that to the table when they're trying to find someone to spend their time and maybe their life with. And, you know, in this post-pandemic society, we are all about technology. People are working from home more. And obviously, we're hearing a lot more about artificial intelligence, AI. 
Is that all showing up more in the dating world and dating apps and trends? Oh, you betcha. (laughs) Look, a year ago, most singles hadn't even really heard of ChatGPT, but now they have fully embraced using AI to help them in their dating lives. On the Dates and Mates podcast, which um, I host every week, we just covered the Match Singles in America study, and they found that nearly half of singles surveyed used AI to help write their dating profile. And over a third of them used it to craft a first message. And the results are the really interesting part because those singles reported that they were finding more matches, getting better matches, and meeting matches faster in the real world since they started embracing the tool. It's very controversial because people think that if you're using AI, it's not you, but the dating app is just a tool to get to the real human connection. So I'm not so worried about it. And to that point, I mean, with AI and all this technology, are people kind of getting stuck in the stage of texting or video calls, messaging? Are they moving on to the in-person, which I know you were just talking about is so crucial? Yes. It's been a big issue for a long time, moving from the digital space into real human connection. I actually talk about this a lot in my book, F the Fairy Tale. I call it the texting trap. When you develop this idea of someone who may not exist in the real world because you're going back and forth over text. And the the only way that the relationship can end is, is in disappointment because you've built up this fantasy idea of a person that only exists in your phone and in those little chat bubbles. So I've been a fan for a long time of moving off the app as quickly as possible. What I am seeing from singles is that there's really a yearning for that in-person human connection. I just did a multi-article piece with the LA Times in the fall about how speed dating is having a resurgence right now because people are tired of being stuck in the texting trap. They're tired of living behind their phones and they're really ready for that real face-to-face communication. What is the right amount of time to be in the digital-only world before you really should move on to in-person? Great question. I say an F the fairy tale one week. And I don't like giving rules. I like giving tools to my clients and listeners. But I had to put a clock on it because we can stay in that digital limbo for a very long time. But the reality is, if you haven't met in person, you're not in a real relationship. (laughs) I hate to break it to (laughs) folks that that think that they are in love with uh, possibly a bot, you know, And, and especially when we consider how much people are integrating AI into their communication now, you really have to get into the real world to see what the connection truly is. Well, and because of all this technology, I've actually seen reports that at least claim that young people are struggling more with in-person etiquette, things like small talk. And the reports have really come from a place of, you know, the workplace and career advancement. Are you seeing that type of thing with dating as well? Oh, definitely. I really look at dating as a set of learned skills and the skills that you either haven't learned or aren't using they atrophy. And so for a lot of Gen Z singles, they started all of their communication and connections in the digital space. So they're really good at creating connection digitally. And I don't diminish that connection, but it is different than the in-person 
connections that you were just talking about. And for a lot of my older clients, they are not so comfortable with the technology. So I need to work with them on building up those skills for my younger clients they either haven't learned or they're not comfortable with that face-to-face communication. So I literally will use improv to help them get more comfortable conversing with another person, telling their story, and just being comfortable in their own body. Because when you've been hiding behind a screen for four years or maybe your whole life, those skills need to be practiced if you're going to get better at them. Still ahead, Demona Hoffman reveals the most provocative trend she's seeing in dating and relationships these days. Plus, you've probably heard about keeping an eye out for red flags, pink flags, or even yellow flags in early dating. Well, our guest has a unique take on that trend. She's also breaking down the most common myths when it comes to dating and relationships that might be burning you out. But first, a quick break for our sponsors. February is the month of love, and there's nothing I love more than comfortable leggings and undergarments. Yes, we all know that feeling when you get home from a long day and immediately want to get into your pajamas. With Honey Love, you won't have to experience that again because their items are so comfortable, you'll forget you're wearing them. For the ladies listening, Honey Love gives you the comfort and support you need, but with the feeling, quality, and look you want, whether you're wearing their shapewear and bras or their leggings and loungewear. And speaking of leggings, Honey Love's Legging 2.0 is my favorite legging ever. I wear them literally every week. They hold you in without that too tight feeling. They're cooling, comfortable, and cute. Honey Love truly has you covered for everything. The everyday look, workouts, weddings, and more. Treat yourself to the best bras on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash newsworthy. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off. Honeylove.com slash newsworthy. After your purchase, they ask you where you heard about them, so please support our show and tell them we sent you. Treat yourself to honey love because you deserve it. This episode is also brought to you by Lumi. January has come and gone, but it's not too late to start doing things for yourself, and maybe even your luck in dating and relationships. We're talking about smelling better. Thanks to our sponsor, Lumi, you can smell good all over all year long. Lumi is a game-changing whole-body deodorant that can work on everything from your pits to your feet. I use the stick deodorant on a daily basis as usual, and I love the body wash in the shower too. Then I keep the deodorant wipes on hand for any time I need to freshen up while out and about. And no matter where or how you use it, Lumi is clinically proven to block odor all day long and control odor for up to 72 hours, thanks to its one-of-a-kind pH-optimized formula. And they've got over 275,000 five-star reviews to show for it. Lumi Starter Pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like mini body wash and deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get 15% off all Lumi products with our exclusive code that's over 40% off their starter pack too. Use code NEWSWORTHY for 15% off your first purchase at lumideodorant.com. That's code NEWSWORTHY at L-U-M-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T.com. Okay, now back to my conversation with dating coach Demona Hoffman. You know, something I see on social media a lot is people talking about red flags and yellow flags and pink flags and beige flags. What does all of this mean? What, what's your take on on all of these flags? They are trending, but don't believe everything you read on social media, of course. I find that the flags really are just a manifestation of our anxiety. They are a way that we look for reasons to say no over reasons to say yes. And if you're looking for a no, whether it's beige or pink or something off red, 
if you're looking for a no, you're going to find it. And what I talk about in my book and what I coach my clients to do is really to look for the green flags, look for the reasons to say yes, because sometimes those are harder to find when we have had that that red filter over everything. But those are the flags that are most empowering and that really are more useful in guiding your path. Yeah, I think that's such a good point. I will point out that, you know, obvious red flags like abuse uh, should not be ignored. But beyond that, it's how, you know, look for the positive. Obviously, prerequisite is somebody must treat you with respect and must be honest and authentic with you. Beyond that, like, there are so many things that people tell me are red flags, like, oh, I can't be with them. Because in the book I talk about, somebody said, he wore joggers to the first date. I can't, I couldn't go out with him again. <laughs> and, you know, we we make up these these stories or these reasons to say no. And we, we try to retroactively tell the story to make it fit. But the reality is there are more green flags out there if you're willing to look for them. Any other trends you're seeing this year that that stand out to you? Well, I can I talk about polyamory? (laughs) (laughs) You can. Um, Well, this may get a little provocative for the, (laughs) the newsworthy audience, but there's a big trend around polyamory. At least people are talking about polyamory more. And there were some recent results of a YouGov study that said 59% of adults are open to a non-monogamous relationship. But here's where the numbers get really interesting, because the reality is only about one in nine Americans have actually been in a polyamorous relationship. So the fantasy isn't necessarily aligned with people's actual behaviors. Like, we want the fantasy that we can be in an open relationship, but the reality hasn't really caught up just yet. You've mentioned your book, F the Fairy Tale. So tell us, what is that title all about? What message are you saying? I really wanted to capture the zeitgeist of dating right now and the way people are really feeling burnout and frustrated and overwhelmed about dating. And when you really think about it, Erica, human connection is one of our core needs. It's one of the most important things in our lives. And we're burnout and frustrated about that. So I say F the fairy tale, not because I'm trying to discourage people from wanting love and romance. I want people to feel empowered. We have more control over our dating lives and relationships than we sometimes give ourselves credit for. And I know ghosting is out there. I know catfish is out there. I know there's the endless swipe and there are so many dating frustrations that people are struggling with. But I also know, and I've seen over the last 17 years as a dating coach, that when you have a structure around your dating life, your relationships, your communication, that you get your needs met more often. So that's really what the book is about. It's a it's about empowering yourself to live your best love life. I love that. And and you know, you're talking about myths. I want to highlight a couple of the biggest dating and relationship myths that you think are out there. I identified the four biggest in this book. The first is the list myth. Everybody comes to me with a list either a mile long or they say I'll know it when I see it. And I think there's there's something in between those two extremes of really dialing in what exactly it is that you want and that you need in a relationship. There's also the chemistry myth, this um, fantasy idea that we're just going to lock eyes with our person and we'll know right away and we'll live happily ever after. 
That is a myth as well. There's the rules myth. Did you, I don't know if you ever read the rules, that book that came out now like 30 years ago. But everybody was living their lives based on a set of rules to, quote, get the ring. And I just wanted to back off of that entirely and give people tools instead of rules to be able to design the goalpost for themselves. And then the last one is the soulmate myth. Again, it's just a story. We want to believe that there's one person predestined for us that's out there looking for us and traveling the world to be reunited with their twin flame. But the truth is that you choose your soulmate. You choose the person that you're with every day and you have to keep choosing. So I wanted to kind of rip the Band-Aid off the myths and then give people the true pillars for long-term compatibility. So how do you recommend that, you know, both singles and people in relationships can feel re-energized? What can singles do to kind of keep looking for the right person? What can couples do to bring back that love and excitement in their relationship? Oftentimes, our, we focus on external love. And we focus on getting that validation from other people, whether we're seeking a relationship or in a relationship right now. And when you are feeling that frustration, that anxiety, a lot of times the place to start is just to go inward and really figure out, well, what do I need? What would actually make me happy? And then when you come to the table whole in a relationship, you can also be with somebody that is also a whole person and full of self-love as well so that you're not filling a void, you're amplifying each other. All right, for more of Jamona Hoffman's insights and advice, tune in to the Dates and Mates podcast and be sure to check out her new book, F the Fairy Tale. It's available now wherever books are sold. Thank you so much for being here and for making the newsworthy part of your daily routine. If you are new here, we keep you updated on the news during our regular weekday episodes, giving you all the latest happenings in just about 10 minutes. And then our special editions come out every Saturday morning. So we'll be back on Monday with your next news roundup. Until then, have a great weekend. 